Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life. I'm Robert Kane. Hey. I'm Rick Gromlich. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? I thought we were okay. Anyway, but, yeah, so this is the intro. Now we, oh, were, is it? we recorded oh. after the show. Oh, so we don't, you didn't we even know we were going to talk about me up. Yeah, you I did not mean to. You're welcome. But hey, you're, you're listening so to good. your voice. <laughs> I'm Matthew uh, McConaughey. <laughs> also known as Pete Thompson, right. pastor at Gethsemane Baptist yeah. Church. That's right. And today we are talking about associationalism within churches. Indeed. Fun topic. We get into it for nearly an hour. Some Riveting. Yeah. I asked for a half an hour, but... I, I pushed it. And so you hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. Enjoy. <laughs> How's it going, Rob? Really good. And you are really loud. I'm just turning that I, down. I got a lot to say. Better yeah. listen up. Yeah. The, uh, <clears throat> hopefully the editing afterward <laughs> is, is uh, up to snuff because that was quite loud. Um, listeners, if it's not up to snuff, then I apologize because I do the editing. But Rick, where yeah. are we? Yeah. Well, we are in, I mean, I don't know how to begin to describe the, the area we're in. Um, it's a very nice we're area. We're surround around a, I think, hand-carved mahogany desk. At least that. I think it it's maybe came out over on the Mayflower or the Santa Maria. It's Spurgeon's desk, so it came oh, over on something. Yeah, this is Spurgeon's desk. Okay, actually, surrounded well, by Spurgeon's books. I was gonna say we should we should do a minute on this because okay. um, listeners, you already know based off of the uh, the title, but we are joined again with Pete Thompson mm-hmm. and the dynamite drop in. By the way, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I was actually thinking about I was actually thinking about taking over uh, right at the beginning, saying, "Welcome to the podcast, Vigilante Justice." Um, <laughs> Joined by Matthew McConaughey uh, to my right. All and, right, all uh, right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, this desk is is uh, um, from the hull of yeah. the uh, the Pinta. Uh, there you that go. was sailed over <laughs> by Columbus. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, can actually, anyone name the third ship yeah. that Christopher Columbus brought? <laughs> not me. Definitely not me. So, we are in Pete's office at Gethsemane Baptist Church. Pete is the lead pastor at Gethsemane Baptist here in Marengo, Ohio. And if you the are greater Marengo area, if you're in a reasonable driving distance of that, you should booming. absolutely check it out. Metropolis. Um, I, yes. I frequently say Pete is a better pastor than me. Yeah. He's a better preacher than me. Right. <laughs> right. It's an inside joke. <laughs> Anyways, um, Pete is amazing. And so <clears throat> this is my first time at Gethsemane Baptist and Pete's office mm. is one to aspire would to. You, would you expect, what would you, would you expect anything less from the great Peter John Thompson? No, 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 I wouldn't. Um, so okay. we are surrounded by tall, <laughs> tall bookshelves and very nice ladders that go up to the bookshelves. By the way, this is the only reason why I brought you here I, for I, this very conversation. It's a very good reason, so I will absolutely take that. Yeah. And I mean, the, the library that Pete has in here is, is tremendous. I mean, I'll tell you what, let me tell you where some of this came shelf. from. <laughs> let me tell you where some of this came from. Please. So when my, when my dad, he was a very successful businessman yeah. and he, uh, he went into an industry. He had his business degree, I bet. No, actually, he didn't. He didn't. Believe it or not. He <laughs> Most believe guys it or not. Successful Boy, inside jokes play really well have. on a podcast. Exactly. Um, so uh, he went to Bob Jones University and got a, he got a bachelor's in cinematography, cinematography. Shoot. Uh, yeah, learn how to shoot movies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, and then he felt, yeah, he felt like stuff. the Lord was going to call him into ministry. So he went and got his MDiv. Okay. From a from a seminary that's that since closed down uh, as an independent fundamental yeah. Baptist seminary mm-hmm. in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, got his MDiv, um, and uh, while he was there, uh, he became friends with a guy who curated seminary libraries. You're kidding oh, me! I'm wow. not, and I I really I mean. I appreciate you guys. You're my friends. Yeah. But man, I wish I had a friend who was a a, a curator for seminary libraries. So he worked on Princeton. He worked on all kinds of stuff. So he gave dad all kinds of advice on what books to buy. Hmm. Half of this library comes from dad's. He he gave this to me. Wow. Um, That's set behind you. The Metropolitan Tabernacle pulpit. Yeah, that's huge. The Metropolitan Tab- Tabernacle Pulpit. My my grandfather was a full time itinerant evangelist, mm-hmm. and uh, one of his favorite places to preach was pastored by a guy who 
bought that set and he gave it to my grandpa. My grandpa, before he died, he gave it to me. Um, I was, I was one of, I think one of, maybe not the only, but one of his only grandkids that, that, uh, went into full-time pastorate. So he knew he wanted to, it to be in a good spot. And I, I, you asked me before we jump on this, like I've got some Puritan stuff and whatever. Um, you asked me how much I use it for preaching. I don't use it. I use, I use that stuff a fraction of the amount that I use uh, Spurgeon. Yeah. If I'm preaching on a text, yeah. I'll try to get my sermon written, and then I'll I'll read Spurgeon yeah. on my text. Yeah, and it is fantastic. Yeah, it that's is. A, he that's is a, so great. A really beautiful set, but also just old. worth noting on on another wall here. Pete has a literal um, handwritten manuscript. Of or outline, maybe it's one page, so I'm sure it's not the manuscript, but of of Spurgeon, one of his sermons. It's a fragment like, of his of his sermon. Yeah, incredible. I can't read a word on there. His handwriting is not great. Um, or maybe it's so good that I'm just not used to reading <laughs> sloppy cursive or something like that. But absolutely amazing. Looking at how sloppy the handwriting, I'm sure we're not. We're, I'm sure there's no. There's nothing to aspire to there. Yeah, there's not. <laughs> I, can, I can say the that content for, with confidence more, on my end. Right, yeah. So yeah. let me ask a question, Pete. Yeah. We'll maybe go around with this. Your lineage, you have a lot of uh, pastors. Um, I mean, my great grandfather was yeah. a Methodist minister. So I've got down here, I didn't have room for it. But down oh, my word, he opens up cabinets, listeners, and there's more. I've votes. got a, I've got a, I've got a set down here from 18. Um, 1890s, I think. Unreal. Of Matthew Henry's uh, commentaries, his comprehensive commentaries. Yeah. They're so old that they're disintegrating. Yeah. And I, I put them down there because I, I, I'm trying to leave room for all the other stuff that I'm trying to get. But yeah. <clears throat> like commentaries when I'm preaching and all that kind of stuff. But um, that, was, that was owned by my, I believe this is true. I think this was my grandmother's father, who was a Methodist yeah. uh, minister. Yeah. And so, yeah, so there's a little bit. I don't know if there's a real... I've never thought of myself as having a lineage of... Well, I mean, you have a grand... You have, I have a lineage of churchmen, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty churchmen. Yeah. 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 Do you have anyone else in your family that's in the in full-time? Ministry? Yeah, or not, a pastor? Not that I know of, no. Like grandparents, great-grandparents, past? anything like that? Yeah. No, not that I know of. Okay. Yeah. There's not like a distant somebody. relation to like... What are you, German? Bonhoeffer? No. Are you related to Bonhoeffer? No, Was not he that I know of. Yeah, not <laughs> that I know of. He wore glasses. Are you German? Um, and I wear glasses, Kane? so... Kane? What's the, what's the... Yeah, Irish. Irish. Oh, Irish, okay. And I think there's some Scottish in there, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. The red hair kind of, you know. Yeah. For some reason, I was <laughs> that'll, that'll give it away. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so today we are um, speaking of lineage and uh, speaking of very loosely associating lineage to the topic at hand, <laughs> associationalism. <laughs> Had to do something there to bring it together. Segue, yeah. Thank you. Thanks yeah, a lot. Yeah. Professional. Um, okay, so we were talking about associationalism, and does somebody want to give like a, a brief definition of what associationalism is and why we think it's important to talk about it? Brief definition. Yeah, go for it, Rob. No. Be- Relationships between churches. Thanks for that. Rick, since yeah. you didn't answer the yes, first part, yeah, yeah. why is it important? Because that's what we're commanded to do, we would say in Scripture. Okay, we're I'd like see- to. I'd like to try to take a stab at that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the back of this really, really helpful book written by James Renahan entitled "Associational Churchmanship," um, which is a uh, an explanation of uh, a chapter in the 1689 Second London Confession of Faith, um, he has on the very back of his on the very back of his book. Uh, an excerpt here, which says theology does not occur in a vacuum. Hmm. It develops out of real life situations. Men study the word of God, contemplate its teaching and express their conclusions. And often it is the circumstances of life that force them to think more closely and clearly about their doctrinal views and which sharpen the expressions of truth. Now that's certainly true of the guys who wrote the 1689 because they thought far more succinctly and particularly than their, let's call them credo, credo Baptists before them, those who believed in baptism by immersion. Mm-hmm. But the guys who were struggling with the Church of England, the sectarianism of the 1600s, 
they had to think very sharply, very succinctly about their convictions of theology and scripture and 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 papal authority right. and uh, uh, church doctrine and all that kind of stuff. He goes on the doctrine of associational churchmanship expressed in our confession is another one of these circumstances. So mm. what he's saying is James James Renahan is saying we're not the first ones to think about this, right? And in fact, those who came before us probably think probably thought better about it than we um, Baptist evangelicals are probably thinking about it right now. We can right. talk more about that. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's a stab at theology does not happen in a vacuum. It's got to mm-hmm. happen together. Yeah. Right. And associational churchmanship is all about thinking well about what God has said together. That's good. How how would you how would you guys separate just clarify for for the listener denominations in associationalism? Because um, I think a denominationalism, churches being in denominations, is a, is a clear, that's a very real part of our culture, and people understand that. Whereas associationalism, it's like more vague. And what do you really mean? Is that like, you know, do you have to be, do you have to be Baptist to do that? Is that just a Baptist thing? What's what do we mean by that? Yeah. Okay. So. I, I do want to get into that. I want to. Okay, I want to kind of set the trajectory for the conversation um, first. I think, that, I think it'll answer that question. Okay, and if it doesn't, good. you can ask it again. So okay. So the question again was no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to do. Um, so the what you read on the back of that book, which helpful book. Um, I would say we will link to it in the show notes, but it was kind of hard to find this book, and so I, I got it off of eBay. You got yours off of eBay as well, so we don't really know if that's even available anymore. Um, tried Amazon and. I ordered what showed to be that book, and a different book came in. I did the same thing off of half price books. Yeah, so but Rick had to tap some of his black market resources yeah, just to right. even find it. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, maybe for those resources. Yeah, um, we'll just kind of put the title of the book in the show notes, and yeah. probably Rick's won't be book came with a handgun. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's all kinds of associationalisms out there, okay? (laughs) All kinds of different kinds of associationalism. So here's the thing. On the back of that book that you read, you talked about our confession. Um, The confession that he's referring to is the London Confession of Faith. Some know it as 1689. Some know it as the Second London Confession of Faith. um, Written in 1677. Published publicly 1689. So in chapter 26, in paragraphs 14 and 15, is what he's getting at. And the, the book that uh, we referenced there is him kind of elaborating on those two paragraphs. So what I will do is we'll break this up into this podcast into two sections, ideally not two podcasts, Let's do it all in this one. Mm. So be succinct, be brief, be to the point. Um, first one talking about paragraph 14, mm-hmm. second one talking about paragraph 15. And here's what I want to know. I want to yeah. know one, what are some examples of it today in, in the ways that we do it? Um, and two, what are some ways that we can potentially improve on that not to say that the ways we do it are bad or churches that um, are doing it that way are wrong but let's paint like hey practical today and mm-hmm. an idyllic um, way of doing it and just so, say that the chapters and the paragraphs again chapter 26 mm-hmm. in the london confession paragraph 14 and paragraph 15 okay so i'll read paragraph 14 and then we can riff and then i'll read paragraph 15 later on and we can riff um no you're okay um I'm right here. Oh, yeah. Thank Rick's you. got it on his phone. Okay, so here we go. Paragraph 14. As each church and all the members of it are bound to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all the churches of Christ in all places and upon all occasions to further it, every one within the bounds of their places and callings in the exercise of their gifts and graces. So the churches, when planted by the providence of God, so as they may enjoy opportunity and advantage for it, ought to hold communion amongst themselves for their peace increase of love, and mutual edification. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, elaborating a little bit on that, um, Pete, do me a favor. Um, go through that and any particular areas where there might be questions. So, if, if listener, if you want to hit rewind to 30 seconds and hear that defin- or hear that paragraph again, feel free to do so. Pete, if there's any areas that you Thanks think would Rob be helpful. Thanks, for giving the listener permission to rewind. Yeah. <laughs> listener, you have permission. <laughs> permission granted. Um, elaborate on any phrases that might seem a little old English for us. Okay. So the, fir- the first sentence is, um, each church uh, and all the members of it, 
So they're talking about a local church there. Yep. Um, this is not, like an online church? Right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> local a covenanted, assembly? <laughs> yeah, a covenanted assembly of baptized believers uh, sitting under the right preaching of the Word of God, observing the sacraments of the Lord's Supper, and uh, and uh, baptism. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, what was that other one? And uh, and, uh, and and observing uh, church discipline. So uh, mm-hmm. a true church. Yep. Uh, each church and all the members of it. So not just the pastors, but the members of it. They're to pray continually um, for all the churches of Christ in all places. Yep. Okay. And 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 they're to and they're to um, do this so that. The churches of Christ, through the prayers of the saints, enjoy the good uh, of the goodness of God and prosperity. And and prosperity, you know, we're not thinking lots of you know a big oh, bankroll, well, yeah. yeah, a big bankroll or something like that. We're just talking about spiritual prosperity. People are growing in their relationship relationship with Christ, and they're growing in holiness, and they're growing in their love of the gospel and the word, their understanding of it. <clears throat> but there's but then the but then the confession, that paragraph goes on to narrow the focus mm-hmm. from the churches of Christ in all places, and that's across denominational lines. We, should, we shouldn't be, he says at one point in the book, we shouldn't be sectarian. Mm-hmm. We, shouldn't, we shouldn't just say, well, Baptists are the only true churches. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Good clarification. Um, but upon all occasions to further the good and prosperity of all churches. Um, Everyone within the bounds of their places and callings. Now, you might be better explaining what places and callings. Mean. My understanding is their vocations and the 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 uh, the uh, the calling to which God has called these pl- people to serve, especially within the context of the local church. Yeah. Yes and amen. Okay. Um, in the exercises of their gifts and graces, why? Why should they pray for all these churches? And particularly, why should they pray for churches? close by them. Well, mm-hmm. it's so that the churches um ought uh, so that the churches ought to hold communion amongst themselves. So there should be a relationship between these churches. Communion there doesn't mean we're all celebrating the Lord's Supper together necessarily. In fact, not at all. Yeah. But Good but it actually just means they're 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 enjoying mm-hmm. gospel saturated fellowship with yeah. one another. Um and that happens, the reason why I said it's narrowing the focus is because the confession says, so that the churches, when planted by the providence of God, so as they may enjoy opportunity and advantage for the good and prosperity mm-hmm. of all the churches, um, they're sa- the, the, the confession is basically saying, yes, amen, pray for all the churches of Christ, but, but but get into a relationship mm-hmm. with some of the churches that are nearby. Now, wisely the confession doesn't specify the 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 radius of miles or in their case kilometers um <laughs> they, they use miles they're they weird use, they use miles because <laughs> they're weird <laughs> um they don't you know they're, they're not they're not talking they're not specifying a a, a particular mm-hmm. what what's what's a nearby church well right. That's going yeah. to be different for every yeah. church. Only pray for the ones within twenty kilometers. Right. That's just that's not what they're saying. But but they are saying there's a, there, there is there's good to be accomplished. There's spiritual prosperity to be had amongst the fellowship of churches that are nearby. And and the confession saying you ought to strive for that. Yeah. Mm. That's good for your church. Mm-hmm. It's good for them. Yeah. Is yep. that is that? Do you want to press me on anything? No, that's good. Okay. Uh, I, I would just add in the Highlight. last the last yeah. sentence there. Yeah. Uh, it's for their their peace. For their increase of love and for their mutual edification, which you already elaborated on. Could, each of those. You guys probably both know more about this than I do, but just talk a little bit about some context here. I mean, this is England, right? London Baptist Confession. They've come through significant persecution, Bloody Mary. I mean, these, this isn't just like, yeah, be at peace, increase in love. Like, this is some serious stuff. Yeah. So I, I think it's good to understand that as Christians who face a lot of hardship in our own lives and in our own relationships, but also from the powers that be, the government, society. Yeah, I mean, I mean any age, you're going to find that Christians are going to be in some form of persecution. Right. It might be more severe in one particular age than another. Yeah. But when I mean, you look at Second Corinthians 1, where yeah. Paul talks about how some of you are going through difficulties so mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you can build up others who go through similar difficulties. Right. And when you're a church that has associated yourself with other churches 
especially ones that are in within your geographical area. So when when the government or something else happens in your area that does feel like particular mm-hmm. persecution, yeah. you can build each other up and help right. each other strive for faithfulness and be mutually edified. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, I'll, I'll add on to that and say, um, what we have in, what we have experienced as American evangelical Baptists mm-hmm. or just American evangelicals across denominational lines, we've we've experienced a lot of political, um, socioeconomic, um, cultural, societal prosperity. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which I wonder has that undermined spiritual prosperity. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that you need to, if you want to, if you want spiritual prosperity, you need to go yeah. seek out persecution. I'm not right, saying right. that, yeah. but, but I am, but I am wondering to your point, Rick, mm-hmm. I wonder if they felt this way more than we did simply because they had the church of England hot on their yeah. tails yeah. before the act of toleration happened in 1688. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they had the church of England saying, y- y- you're right to bring this out. This mm-hmm. is a great question, Rick what we don't understand or what we tend not to understand, I should say about the confession is that when they gave up their membership in the church of England, they were giving up their citizenship in the, in the nation Mm -hmm. of, of, uh, of England. England, Yeah. Because they had this church state, um, blending Mm -hmm. to put Mm -hmm. it, to put it very mildly. And so to give up your, your your membership in the church was to give up your your citizenship, mm-hmm. and for them to say, "Listen, here's where the word of God is. Here's where we have to stand. Here's what it's going to cost us. We're willing to pay it." Right, and that is that's yeah. really good. And you can't say, I mean, so it's it's amazing. It's amazing that they're saying we want to hold communion amongst ourselves for our peace, increase of love, and mutual edification. Oh my goodness. Who needed that more oh, than the yeah. than the than the seventeenth uh, eighteenth century Baptists right. who were getting beaten in the streets? By the way, right, right. Um, the Baptist story, uh, written by uh, Michael Haken and a couple of a couple of other authors, uh, Nathan Nathan uh, uh, Shoot, I think maybe okay. the Baptist story. That's a if you want to learn a little bit about the history of the Baptists behind this mm-hmm. confession. That's a great place to start. Yeah. It's a really easy read, the Baptist story. That's helpful. Um, one of the verses referenced um, in this paragraph is Ephesians 6.18, um, where Paul encouraged them to, to pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all mm-hmm. the saints. One of the ways yeah. that you can make supplications for all the saints is praying for people outside of your local assembly. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we're just, we are prone as humans, and then very much culturally to kind of just inward it's us so hardship yeah. comes kind of let's let's circle up and circle the wagons and we'll we'll survive instead of saying man are, there are other brothers and sisters who are suffering as well right. how can we pray for them how can you know um one of our elders just elders just finished preaching on jonah and it was a phenomenal series and he just talked about at the end of jonah jonah just ends and Jonah is a book that most people hear about and understand as a story about Jonah. And jo- it's not about Jonah. Jonah's not the hero of the book of Jonah. It's God, right? Hmm. But even in, that's right. Write that down in case you preach on that. That's Nineveh. No. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I can't go back and read Jonah. That's right. <laughs> it's the worm, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's right. But, but even in hard things, we still can make it about us. Man, we're suffering. Poor us. Hmm. No, pray for the brothers. Pray for those who are around you. Who you know, this is what this is what Christ has called us to do. And so associationalism pushes that because it then it brings practical legs to and faces to who are we going to pray for? We're going to pray for this church specifically and other churches, but for this church, we're going to band together. We're suffering and they're suffering, and we're going to pour out for them. Right. We, it, or it, go ahead. Just take it. Just makes it less selfish. Were you going to say something, Pete? I w- just real quick, I, I, I really love uh, what Tim Keller says in his book, Center Church. And I've heard him say this as he's talked about, um, he was talking more about it in the context of helping the community and doing more community service and, and, and all that kind of stuff, being, being a church that exists for the city. He said um, he constantly encourages Redeemer 
in New York City to be a church that does not exist for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to kind of steal that mm-hmm. and repurpose it for church-to-church relationships. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, yeah. I actually pray that exact phrase in my mm-hmm. pastoral prayer many times, not just to how we, how we intera- uh, inter- interact with one another as church members, but how we ought to interact with other churches. Yeah. We are a church that does not exist for ourselves. We exist for the bridegroom and he has a bride mm-hmm. and we are not the, the only expression of that bride. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we ought to love and pray for those, those other mm-hmm. churches. That's good. So, th- so that goes right into what, we're, what I was wanting to go to is what are some ways that we practically do this today? Um, Pete, you recommend, or you mentioned your pastoral prayer. So each Sunday trying to be intentional with that. Um, what are some ways that, Rick, you guys do it at Proclamation. Pete, you guys do it here at Gethsemane, and I can chime in as you guys go. Yeah. But that you guys try to build associationalism amongst other churches. Yeah, we're, we're still kind of new at this, but... Um, You're a new church, so... Well, yeah, that's true. But I, I would say one is just, um, and we've done this with Citizens Church, preaching. Yeah. Come to your church twice and preached. Okay. Um, I've done the same at yours. Rob's preached yep. at our church a couple times. Like, we pray for your church um, there's interaction there, there's support, mutual support back and forth, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, so that's like, again, cause we're, we're, we're new and we're young. Um, I think that as we grow, like finding out particular needs, okay, how can we help meet that need? Or man, they have a, a brother who's wants to maybe go into ministry. How can we help, whether it's giving him time in the pulpit to, to be a better preacher or whatever, how can we encourage those things. So yeah, off the top of my head, that, that would be my answer. Yeah, I mean, that we would. I'd say something similar. Yeah. With the times you've come over, times I've gone over there, we pray for other churches. Um, we try to pray for them by name. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I'll also say the pastor's name. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so you sent me a text message the other day, just saying thanks for that. I didn't know that you even were going to listen, but that worked yeah. out well. <laughs> um, yeah. But we literally said praise the Lord like for Gethsemane Baptist Church yeah. and for which Pete reminds Thompson. me, I want to talk to you about your sermon after we get done <laughs> here. Good. Yeah, thanks. Few uh, thoughts on that. Speaking of associationalism, got some good good uh, feedback for you. <laughs> but but like we'll occasionally, um, in addition to the church name, not always, but yeah. in addition, we'll say the pastor's name. Yeah. Um, just to try to build up, hey, we mm-hmm. love this church, yeah. think highly of this pastor, um, and, and we just try to let people yeah. know that we are not the only ones in the city who are preaching the gospel. Right. That if somebody were to end up at one of these other churches, we wouldn't be upset. We'd be mm-hmm. praising God that mm-hmm. they are at a church that is faithfully proclaiming the gospel and faithfully making disciples. We also, um, just one way we try to do it is in our bulletin, we've got a little section there of um, missional partnerships mm. and we'll list churches that we are supporting and, mm-hmm. and just try to say like, Hey, pray for them. Like yeah. this is a, a church that we believe in. We're sending funds here. And we also yeah. want to say, don't just let it be that like, let's pray for them. So yeah. be, be praying for these individuals here. So that's just a couple ways that we try to build associationalism. And there's more things that we could do, which we can get into. But Pete, how do you guys do it here? Well, I, I, um, I could say yes and amen to everything that you guys said. I do all that same stuff too. And um, we, we pray for you guys. We pray for other churches around us. We pray for churches that are not like us. We pray for Victory Free Will Baptist Church, Michael mm-hmm. Gillen. He's just right up the road, 217. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, great guy. Uh, or 229. And um, um, is it worth saying as well, just piggybacking on that, Rick, what you were saying, is it, is it, is it, okay, yeah, we're, we are trying to do associationalism. Yeah. But is it fair to say that we're all pretty new to this? Yeah, I'd say I would, so. I would oh, say, Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all pretty new to this. And, and there's, there's lots and lots and lots and lots of reasons why, mm-hmm. but there, praise God, I think there yeah. is a retrieval happening. Yeah. A, a um, there's a retrieval happening right now in which uh, pastors are starting to realize, oh, you mean there were people who came before us, our Baptist forefathers, who actually thought very, very deeply about how churches ought to relate to one another? Right. Oh, mm-hmm. well, let's go read what they said. And so thank the Lord. So I think I can speak for you guys, mm-hmm. and I can mm-hmm. certainly say for myself that, that, okay, thank the Lord. We're trying to work this out but there's another sense in which we're working oh, yeah. this out oh, yeah. yeah um and uh there there are other there are other guys that we're learning from 
in this sense. Yeah. I also say um, one of the reasons why we're trying to think deeply about this mm-hmm. as pastors is because we, and I'm not trying to be super negative, so feel free to rebuke me or rein me in or whatever <laughs> it wait. is. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, Rob, you and I are, our churches are members of the SBC. Yeah. And the SBC, properly speaking, is not a denomination. Right. Technically, it's convention. an association. Yeah. Uh, it's a convention of associations. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, kind of. And uh, again, I'm not trying to be too negative. There's a place for everything. But I have grown increasingly... Um, I've grown increasingly of the position as we've been a part of associations, I've just become dissatisfied. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Just it's, it's left me wanting more mm-hmm. and it's left me thinking, I think there's more to these relationships than probably mm-hmm. we're tapping into yeah. within associationalism. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to dog on a bunch of uh, DMS and, no, and all these guys, the director of mission and all these guys, they're doing great work. I'm, I'm thankful for them, but I don't know if the, I don't. Well, no, I, I actually do. They 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 are not drawing from our Baptist forefathers, and I think that there's just a there's a treasure chest hmm. that in 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 you know, Grandpa's attic yeah, that yeah, we haven't yeah. opened up in a long time. And right. and if yeah. we just if we just dip into some of the treasures and the riches yeah. of these 16th, 17th, 18th century dudes who thought really well about mm-hmm. how churches ought to relate to one another. Yeah, it'd be helpful. That's be where the yeah. Well, that's where the peace and the increase of love and mutual edification can really come from. Right, is if we have a kind of a confessional recovery, mm-hmm. a confessional retrieval. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, we, we were talking about this earlier about how um, Joe Thorne, give credit where credit's due, talked about how the SBC initially had a confessional identity and a missional character, mm-hmm. and in recent years, and when I say recent, I mean like the last twenty, maybe thirty. Uh, you can correct me if I'm off on that, but ballpark speaking, not, I'm not saying just in the last three or four, I'm saying it's been at least a couple decades now, has had more, rather than a confessional identity and a missional character, they've morphed it into a missional identity. And whatever we can do to get more baptisms, to get more conversions, to plant more churches, like, let's do it. And if it is doctrinally compromised, we, not always, but more often than what I'm comfortable with, overlook that if as long as it's getting more baptisms and more quote unquote conversions. And so and I know that's not a sweeping statement for all the guys. We got a guy in our congregation, Buzz, who may even be listening to this. Like he he is trying to combat that in a very healthy mm-hmm. way, not trying to be he's, he's combative not. as a person. I would <laughs> yeah. say. Correct. He's, yeah. he's not a combative <laughs> guy, but he's that. he's trying to push it in a healthy direction. Yeah. And I love yeah. that. Like I, I think we need more guys like that who are saying, okay, let's Let's, let's be for conversions. Let's be for baptism. Yes and amen. But let's not compromise doctrine in the process. And so I'm, I'm hopeful we'll see more of that in the SBC. But I, I think to your point, it would be immensely helpful if more guys in the SBC were looking at in grandpa's attic, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think that would just be immensely helpful. Praise God. I think that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Praise I, God. I, that's, yeah. I think that's happening. I think there's a lot of dudes who are, who are graduating from Southern um, down in Louisville, yeah. and they're gonna they're they're saying, "Oh, I really like this 1689 business." Yeah. Um, well, yeah, Southern, I'm, I'm really excited. Southern's um, institutional confession is the abstract of principles, which is a summary of the 1689. Mm. So, okay, let's look at paragraph 15 now, and we've laid a lot of the groundwork, so we can kind of get right into it here. With, um, 15. This is kind of more of the practical outworkings of 14, where 14 is kind of the principle of we should hold communion together. And again, not the Lord's Supper, but fellowship amongst each other for the peace, increase of love, and mutual mutual edification. Paragraph 15, they kind of get into what are some practical ways we can do that. And so it reads, in cases of difficulties or differences, either in point of doctrine or administration, wherein either the churches in general are concerned, or any one church in their peace, union, and edification, or any member or members of any church are injured, or by any proceedings and censures not agreeable to truth and order, it is according to the mind of Christ that many churches holding communion together do, by their messengers, meet to consider and give their advice in or about that matter indifference, to be reported to all the churches concerned. Howbeit, 
these messengers assembled are not entrusted with any church power properly, so-called, or with any jurisdiction over the churches themselves, to exercise any censures either over any churches or persons, or to impose their determination on the churches or officers. So, Rick, Pete, somebody jump in. Lots give, of ors there. Yeah, give a little <laughs> um, commentary to simplify it because there's old English there and there's, yeah, yeah there's a lot of caveats as you New read English. it. So give us a summary. Yeah, I mean, I think they're saying like in areas where there's, again, differences or difficulties, whether it's in doctrine or administration. And, right? and ju- just to pause, like those are the kind of four. So you have the yeah. overarching category differences or difficulties. Yep. So yep. Within, th- that's the two categories. Yep. In. In. Doctrine or administration. You know, doctrine or administration. Then the, the, the church pretty much is saying, listen, where someone is injured, whether it's a person, a church member, or members of the church, something is, has, they, they disagree, there's a substantial issue going on. So not physically injured, but... Well, good. I mean, maybe. But typically it's like... Um, uh, they've been sinned, they've been wronged against. They've been wronged against, or they feel wronged against, and they've... Follow what we would say would be biblical recourse. They've talked to their elders, their pastors Matthew about 18. it, and they don't seem to be getting anywhere with that uh, recourse. Then they are to go to this churches who are holding communion together, right? So churches, as we laid out before, who are working together, they're not um, of one church and they're not taking literal communion, but they are um, working together. They're to go to them when they're gathered, and the language this uses is they're meeting together and with their messengers, and give their advice in or about the matter in difference. And then that, what they discuss, their opinion is then to be reported back to the leaders of the church in question. But they also, the second part, or the last part, makes it clear that the um, association, if you will, does not have uh, binding authority on the local church. Right. Right. So they can't come in and remove the pastor, fire the pastor, discipline the elders, or any of those things. But they can bring in just their the weight of um, of love and say, "Brothers, like we've heard this, these members or this members share this. What do you guys tell us? What what you think?" And then once they've gathered all the, the information, hey, this is what we think. You know, this is right or that's right, and nothing's binding. But it's a beautiful display of mutual submission. So the the church, each church that's a part of the association, not just the pastors, but this the, the members submitting to them, saying, "Listen, we're, we're not giving you authority in our church to come and fire or whatever discipline, but we are inviting you in to come in. If there's sin, if there's something we're doing wrong, if we're ignorant of something, by all means, tell us. We know that you. We know that you love the Lord and you love us. You, that's been displayed, and it's a wonderful display of just that mutual submission. Yeah." And uh, if you want to see an example of this played out in Scripture, um, Acts 15 is a helpful place to go. But I, I like what you put, because that's there's two sides to this, because yeah. that's that's the negative example, which is a yeah. good example to, to bring about. On the mm-hmm. positive side of things, let's say you, your church is working through something. You and your yeah. elders are trying to figure out, like, how, yeah. how can we address? One example that Jim Renahan gave um, in his book was like should the should the elders know what each individual member gives like used mm-hmm. as a, a discipleship tool like hey mm-hmm. it doesn't appear that you're giving sacrificially not to say that they know everybody's salary or they're giving a certain percentage but if it's pretty clear they're not giving sacrificially then okay like mm-hmm. hey we can have a discipleship conversation about that the joys mm-hmm. of giving um, or is it better for them not to know so there's no favoritism showed and mm-hmm. he said that their church went to their general assembly and just brought it up and just said, Hey, help us think through this. Right. Um, we want to, we yeah. want to do this well. That'd be a, a matter of administration. So yeah. doctrine or administration, like this is, mm-hmm. this isn't doctrine. This is administration. How can we play this out? Mm-hmm. How do you guys do it? Help yeah. us think through it. So you have the negative side yeah. of, Hey, maybe the elders have dropped the ball here and other mm-hmm. churches can come in and um, try to, yeah. to encourage them to walk in godliness and holiness, faithful to the scriptures. Or maybe it's a positive example right. of help us do this better. Help us think about yeah. this better. Well, I think one of the things that this reveals, and this goes back to there's all kinds of different associationalisms, if you will, all kinds of associations within even Baptists. But this requires that the church members know and are well acquainted with the association, believe in it, and know, like, who are they going to go talk to? Right. right? It's not just... Oh yeah, we're part of the SBC. Rob goes to California and for this convention, right? You know, like they're well aware. This is something they're very familiar with. Yeah, which is important. Yeah, just just to summarize what you were saying, Rick. Um, 
if you think about a, just for the listener's sake, if you think about a quadrant mm-hmm. and you've got four squares mm-hmm. and you've got, you've got on the top, you've got, um, you've got difficulties and differences. Yep. And then on the, yeah. and on the left, you've got on the side, you've got doctrine and administration, mm-hmm. yep. which means you can have difficulties in doctrines and difficulties in administration. Mm-hmm. And then you can have differences in doctrine and differences in administration. Right. Yep. So um, mm-hmm. you can unpack all of that, but th- right. those are the, sin- th- the reason why the confession put it in there is because that helps contain the type of conversations that right. these, what the confession calls messengers, mm-hmm. those people uh, that are tasked with representing the churches yeah. at this, what they call a general assembly. Um, that the, the difficulties in doctrines, difficulties in administration, differences in doctrine, differences in administration. Those those are the types of things that they can talk about at yeah. these at these. So you know, one elder believes in. Um, let's say that there's a there's a group of elders and and the elders are trying to figure out how should we handle positions on eschatology. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be differences within the elders, mm-hmm. yeah. so they bring it to their brothers at the uh, at the assembly. Uh, for this for this uh, association, they say, help us work through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us some advice, not only uh, how to better understand eschatology, but help us figure out how to agree and uh, and and uh, and disagree well. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that can that's not just doctrine differences right. in doctrine. That's also differences in administration. Mm-hmm. How do we interact with one another? So. Mm-hmm. That's good. And then the tithing thing—that's a good—that's a good illustration as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Um, what are some ways that um, this is taking place now? Yeah. Um, and ideally, what would be some ways? So, we, mm-hmm. I think Pete, you laid out a good example of of ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be some ways that we see this happening now? Well, like we just had like five families come from Citizens Church with a bunch of problems with Rob <laughs> and like. <laughs> You know, Thanks, the, the yeah. tattoos and the uh, drinking uh, and, you know, like, where does it stop? You thanks. Know? And uh, we're like, yeah, pff, I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. They're in good hands. <laughs> Proclamation. So I sent to Pete's church. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I think they're, you know, I, I, I don't have an example from our church of, of this happening um, that I can think of. But, well, let me correct that in, in the example of that was given. But there has been a few situations where I can say to people, you know, that's a great, whatever they bring up, like, that's a great thing, but let me tell you what my position, and then let me tell you about some other brothers who thought well about this, who are, like, pastoring right now in our context, and I've had conversations about this, and this is what they've said, and this we, we worked through this, so that people don't know, like, people don't think I'm coming to a conclusion all by myself. Yeah. Or even that just our elders are coming to a conclusion all by ourselves. It's like, well, there's other godly, like, groups of godly men thinking about this and this is this is where they're at with this um so that'd be an example that i would have uh, from uh, yeah just a practical example what we've seen okay what was, what was the question again how, how we see it playing out today so so you can think of an example here the, the one that comes to mind for me um is conferences like i think okay people like-minded T4G, yeah t for g yeah tgc I mean, Bethel. no oh no <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say a conference. I just said like a name. <laughs> but I'm just saying, um, you see these conferences kind of almost taking the place of that for better or worse. I'm not saying that that's bad. It's just like-minded. Mm. These are the people who are going to register and you're going to hear talks on a particular theme that's mm. going to help you think about particular things. Yeah. And so I think that's one way that today some of the associationalism has fleshed itself out. I think there's better ways to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not yeah. saying we need to get rid of conferences, but I think there's more intentional ways to do it. Um, but I think that's at you, least one saying, way that's fleshed out a little bit. Are you saying that, like, when TGC happens, that's associationalism? I think it's a form of associationalism. I think ideally, because okay. this is how we're saying it now, I think there's yeah. an idyllic way, a, a better way of doing it. Mm-hmm. But I think that is one way that in our modern day we see some form of associationalism gotcha. happening. Okay. Pete? Yeah, I mean, I, on the one hand, I you know, if we had if we had Mark Dever sitting here, in the room, which much Mark did, Dever, if you mean, if you want to come yeah. and hang out, at, if you're listening, and we know you are, <laughs> and we know you are, 
what else is he doing? Where do you think time? he gets all of his ideas? Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, but if you know, if Mark Dever was sitting here and he was talking about T for G, I feel like he would say that's not associationalism. I I, I agree with you I though. Right. It's a form because we're because there is their... a, there is association kind of happening and it looks kind there of is like a it. there is a there is a kind of a. There's a affirmations tribal, and yeah, denials. Tribalism that kind of happens, in the good sense, that, that, yeah. that happens at a T4G conference and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think Mark Dever would say, um, you know, T4G is a conference for pastors. Yeah. Whereas this kind of associationalism that the, that the 1689 is talking about mm-hmm. is church. Not just pastors. Right, and I, right. I think that's maybe the danger that, you know, guys like us who are trying to venture into this, <laughs> into yeah. this new world of, uh, of association, confessional associationalism, yeah. Yeah. we got to kind of guard against this. Well, this is just a club for the pastors. Right, and right, um, right. no, this is a, this is a communion, mm-hmm. a fellowship of the churches mm-hmm. that are like-minded, share the same gospel. Um, and uh, in our confessional. So, yeah. so your question is, where is this happening? Well, um, I, I didn't say well. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. where is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You see, okay, just examples well, let me answer, of well, let forms me, of associationalism today. Okay, an example <laughs> happens to be happening well. There you go. <laughs> but but what kind of alerted some of us to it was yeah. the what is it called the Southern California. Association, Association of Reformed Baptists or Reformed Baptist Association, something okay, like that. Okay, okay. Uh, we know Sam Renahan is a part of that. Yep, yep. And he had a podcast uh, with the Doctrine and Devotion guys on um, associationalism. He was talking about his association, and it just sounds so healthy. Mm, I yeah. got to tell you, I'm I, sure Tenth Commandment, you yeah. know, I was just <laughs> coveting. Coveting. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I'm really, I got to tell you, I'm just, my heart here is is so that we can, is to have churches that have meaningful um and by meaningful I, I simply mean the peace increase of love and mutual edification amongst right. the churches right um and i mean that's just going to happen between churches who love the same things mm-hmm. and practice ministry and and mm-hmm. yeah they just practice ministry the same way right which Happens to be you brothers. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. our churches are yeah. very much alike in that, mm-hmm. in that right. sense. Right. And so the ideal sense, um, how is it that they do it in the Southern California Reformed Baptist Association? What are some of the things that stuck out that made you want to covet that? Oh. Or made you covet <laughs> that? Put me on the spot. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Well, and this this gives me the opportunity to say, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> I, and I will say oh, that yeah, on, that podcast, that, out. <laughs> on that we, podcast. We say, we've said several times that there's a reason this is called simple theology. <laughs> I mean, Something Sam called Re- unlearned theology, <laughs> right? Some, some Sam Renahan said, you know, if you don't know what you're talking about on Twitter, you need to stop talking about it. So I want to readily acknowledge if Renahan listens to this, which he, of course he is. Of course, um, him and Dever both probably yeah. together. I think they do it together. It's yeah. like a little yeah, yeah. fireside chat for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he, he. I readily acknowledge we're we're just we're just broaching in the waters. Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah, yep. and I'm I'm happy to do so, but. The thing that one of the things that stuck out to me was, um, they have a they have a either a um, uh, biannual, twice a year kind of deal, or maybe quarterly. I don't remember which, where they got together and they hashed these things out. Mm-hmm. They hashed out um, topics, maybe hard topics that are that are tough to to work out uh, with just a group of elders at a single church. Uh, mutual edification, learning how the brothers and sisters are doing at, at such and such church. There was also an instance in which um, one one church was without a pastor yeah. for a painful amount of time and mm-hmm. uh, much longer than the, than what's healthy. And And these churches sort of gathered around this one church and they gave pulpit supply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they sent their elders, all these churches were supporting this one church and administering the word, preaching the word on Sunday mornings and feeding the flock yeah. without that flock having to close down. Man, that's beautiful. It is. I think that's, that's just mm-hmm. talk about peace, yeah. love and mutual edification. I mean, that, right. that really endears congregations together. And right. I'm, uh, I was really, I was really pleased to see that. Um, uh, Example that I found on my phone was a picture that Pete, I think you shared this. This mm-hmm. is um, 
a monthly gathering of particular Baptists in London and Southwark in 1803. And they would gather, it just says where they gather, they would um, begin and preach through an issue or a topic on the attributes of God and pray for one another. Yeah. And I don't, we don't know that these were pastors, I should say, but these were men from different congregations and thinking through, man, mutual edification, unity, like a lot of the ways that we work out our even our doctrinal differences and difficulties and administrative difficulties and differences is through good preaching through the Word of God. Yeah. So that's another example. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, any last comments on this? Yeah, we're, we're just trying I to mean, wade into the waters here. Yeah. The, again, we're pulling this from the London Confession, um, which you can find in chapter 26, paragraphs 14 and 15. And these are things that, that we want to get better at, things that we think would benefit the church, mm-hmm. uh, the capital C church, if it was better at. And it's it's things that the church historically has done very well, and um, yeah. church historic, or and church at times has done very well, and at times has not done well. And so we really want to see it done well in our particular area. And um, if, if you know of... Um, an association, or if you know, uh, maybe your church, listen, you're listening, your church does this well, shoot us a message. You can go over simplytheology.org, share with us um, some ways in which that that's, that's happening well. Because ultimately, it is for the mutual edification mm-hmm. and the building up and, and peace of the saints in those mm-hmm. churches. It's not just for the pastors. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so that the, the those sh- sheep, mm-hmm. those saints, are well taken care of. Yes. And so the name of Christ is is built up. Pete, mm. it looks like you're looking for something. Oh, I was just gonna—I was just gonna say resources on this. So this is a little yeah. booklet that we've been referencing. This is a little booklet in the series "Recovering Our Confessional Heritage." Again, yeah. it's by James Renahan, um, and uh, it's the—it's the second one in the in the series. So, um, so that's a really great starter. Yeah. Um, Sam Renahan. Some of his stuff online has been really good. So look him up on Twitter. I'm trying to think of other resources. Um, uh, oh, oh, an important note I thought that was interesting to me was that that Southern California Reformed Baptist Association, I don't even know if that's what it is, but it's something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they are relatively small in what we would consider. Ten churches. Yeah, ten churches. And so, well, USBC brothers are used to thousands. <laughs> well, thousands. that's true. That's true. So that association. Um, and, and in a way, I mean, it would, I, I shouldn't ignore the SBC is doing this in some form um mm-hmm. it, we think yeah. it could be done a little bit more intentionally sure yeah, but grateful that it's being done in some form mm-hmm. to even get that terminology mm-hmm. messenger mm-hmm. from the london confession here mm-hmm. yeah also side note yeah. i need to show you something oh, but boy. hannah lewis yeah heard her and her and pete said they were driving and uh she sent us a message saying hey we heard and they gave us an update which i'll share with you what but hannah and pete if you guys are listening we love you guys and super yes. grateful that you responded um, we will respond to that email, <laughs> but I'm the one who sees that. And so I hadn't told Rick until just now. All right. So, all right. Um, if you guys want to learn more about the about the show, you can go to simpletheology.org. If you have any additional questions or have any topics you want us to go through, feel free to go over to simpletheology.org and Or email Pete um, <laughs> at... <laughs> all right. Anything call else? Me, call me at 111. <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right. That's it. Until next time. Peace out.